Hello and welcome to We Care with Rebecca Fuller, the podcast that celebrates carers and offers an insight into the many complexities, challenges and rewards of being a carer. I'm your host, Rebecca Fuller, Dementia and Carers Advocate, and on each episode, I have the privilege of interviewing an amazing superhero who has experience of being a carer. today's episode, we have the wonderful Kirsty Inman. Kirsty is a travel consultant. She loves elephants and reading and describes herself as a daydreamer. Kirsty's dad was diagnosed with Alzheimer's disease in 2018 at the age of 56 and later on frontal temporal dementia. And Kirsty and I first met through the lovely world of Twitter. Welcome, Kirsty. Thank you. Hello. Hello. Thank you for joining me today. My pleasure. So I also mentioned that you enjoy reading. Um, yeah. Could you just tell us what you're reading at the moment, what you've read before that you might recommend to listeners? So I've just finished reading The Secretary, which is a really good book, and it's kind of has a really different ending that you don't expect. But it's very gripping, and it's about a secretary who works for this business woman, and then obviously she gets to know all the secrets, and then they go to court. I won't give too much away, but it's just really good. And then another book that I've read is a book called Somebody I Used to Know by Wendy Mitchell. And that's such a heartwarming book. I mean, she's brilliant, Wendy Mitchell. She's helped keep me going through everything. And I just take my hat off to her and hopefully one day I can meet her. Yeah, I definitely agree with you on that one. Um, It's an amazing book by Wendy Mitchell and... Both Kirsty and I follow Wendy on Twitter, so we keep up to date of the things that she's doing. And she definitely does do some amazing, like lovely things for people. And it's really good to see that she's sharing her own experience of living with dementia. Definitely. I just think she's great, amazing lady, and she's just brilliant, really. I mean, I'm lost for words because she's just helped me and I I imagine other listeners get through these tough times of dementia and it she shows to me and others that even though you've got dementia you're still you you're still a human being you're still that same person it's just unfortunately parts of your brain just don't work as normal as they did previous years ago yeah that's that sounds really a really good point and kind of goes on to the next question which is about your dad so could you tell us about your dad like what kind of person is he oh my dad he's he's lovely he's caring he's very funny he's always been a bit of a joker sometimes telling us you know some little innuendos and we're like dad you can't say things like that but he does make us laugh and he's always been into his football forever watching football on tv he just can't get enough of it he actually supports Doncaster Rovers and the reason he supports them is because he was actually born and bred in Doncaster so I think it's nice that he supports his hometown and he's grown up with that football club he continues it um but he just loves sports 
he loves to go for long walks as well he loves the seaside and he loves animals he's got a dog he's always had dogs throughout his life and yeah he's just really good and caring oh he sounds really lovely he is and when he um started to become unwell could you tell us what happened how that progressed um did you notice straight away or was it later on so he retired when he was 50 because he was in the metropolitan police force for 30 years so once he did his 30 years service he then retired and then a few years down the line my granddad his dad unfortunately passed away and then a couple of years after my nana my dad's mum passed away as well I think it that's when he lost his mum he was very close to his mum mm. and we started noticing for about six months after that he was very forgetful he was very withdrawn he withdrew from society stopped going on holidays with his family he just unfortunately I thought he was depressed because that was kind of the first signs that was showing he just wouldn't speak he couldn't talk about his mum he'd break down into tears so at first it was like he was obviously grieving but then it got worse and he started getting forgetful so a few years later my sister and I met up with my dad so he came to visit my sister because my dad my mum and dad are divorced so my dad lives in Essex, about two hours away from us. He came to my sister's house. He'd been there before, a few times before, but he didn't remember where the house was. He ended up getting lost for four hours. And we were obviously very concerned. So we went out to find him. We found out he'd actually gone back to where we used to live when we were children in Hertfordshire, which was a good few years ago because we left in 2004. Um, and we managed to go and find him and we saw him on the other side of the road and he just looked, had that vacant look. So it was things like he started getting lost. He started forgetting words, misplacing items and his moods changed that we thought something's not quite right and we did tell him that you know dad we really worried about you but unfortunately he didn't want help at that point so it was very difficult sounds really difficult and when you mentioned it to him so you approached the subject what kind of things did you say to him did you and and how did he respond to what you were saying? Well, at first he said he was fine. I said, I know that you've obviously lost your mum and that you're grieving, but why don't you want to go on holiday anymore? And he just kind of would find an excuse and say, I just don't want to go. I'd rather be at home looking after the dog. And because my dad's got, two other children from from another marriage and they were quite young 
they're a lot younger than us and it was it was really hard but I know when we pressed the subject again later on that time when he got lost for four hours he actually broke down into tears and said I don't want to feel like this anymore I will go to the doctor because I love you both and I want to get better and that was the start of him accepting help but it did take a couple of years for him to accept help and I think he started to realize something wasn't quite right so luckily he decided he needed that help and then did he go and speak to a doctor on his own or did you go with him with your sister and how did he end up going so his wife at the time my stepmom went with him to see the GP and they asked him about if he'd had any head injuries they asked him to memorize names and addresses and then recall them later on they did other checks like they um, did some blood tests which came back inconclusive and then they decided to refer him to the neurologist for an MRI scan and that's when they diagnosed him with Alzheimer's disease, early onset Alzheimer's disease. So he was only 56 when he was diagnosed in 2018. So very young. It's quite a shock to us all. Yeah, I'm sure it was. Uh, that is 56 is a very, very young age. And did you have any like thoughts about what Alzheimer's disease and dementia was before he got that diagnosis? I'd heard of it, but I hadn't really looked into it because I don't think you look into these things as much unless yourself suffering with something or you've got a family member with it. So it wasn't until afterwards I started having a Google and watching videos. But no, I didn't really my understanding was that only older people had dementia which obviously that's not right now because i know there's no age to it unfortunately and after he got that diagnosis with with alzheimer's disease what happened next so he then he did get a letter with the results in and he then had an appointment to visit the memory clinic and what they did at the memory clinic was they did some cognitive tests just to see if his co cognition was impaired so he had to draw things like a clock face and the hands and then he had to talk about his family history to see if there was any family history of dementia which as far as we're aware there isn't he asked, was asked a series of questions and he was timed doing these activities as well and his wife went with him again so she was there when he was asked these questions and she said to me that he did struggle with the majority of the tasks he didn't understand what was being said or what they were asking of him and then after that 
I went with dad to follow up appointment with his neurologist. And that's when they told us the results of the tests. And that's when he was actually diagnosed with a different type of dementia, which is frontotemporal dementia. And I had never heard of this. I didn't have a clue what that was. But the neurologist was very good at explaining what it was. And obviously, I just broke down into tears because it's just like, well, when you're told your dad's got dementia, but also that it's very progressive, the type he's got, the immediate question I was just like, well, how long's my dad got? But it's kind of like, well, how long's a piece of string? Because everybody's different. You just know two cases are the same. And just not having that answer is difficult. So he then prescribed my dad with five milligrams of donopazil. And he said that would help slow dad's dementia down, but it wouldn't cure him. So I did have lots of questions, but I found because there's so much to take in, I didn't perhaps ask the questions at the time. So it was very difficult. Um, but what they said about the tests is that dad, the front and sides of dad's brain were affected. So his speech, his language, the processing of information, so his understanding of tasks was impaired. And that's why they diagnosed him with frontotemporal dementia. And had you started to see any of those symptoms in him? So changes in his speech or um, language, had those symptoms started showing at that point? They had, if I'm honest. It was quite, from his memory going, more of his short-term memory, the other symptoms then progressed quite rapidly. So, for example, he'd forget certain words he'd get the words muddled up or put words at the different ends of sentences when it should be at the front of sentences my dad's very intelligent and especially with maths he's always been very good with maths um but if you gave him a pound coin or a 10 pound note he wouldn't know how much that was i'd have to help him count out his money he thought £10 was £100. He thought £100 was £1,000. So he hadn't got any concept of money and how much it was worth. But he'd get very frustrated. And we started to see, to see that he started getting frustrated but also anxious. And my dad's never been an anxious person. So to see those kind of changes was difficult because my dad's always been very strong. Having worked in the police force, you need to be quite strong. And I just could see my dad just kind of wasting away. He'd also lost physically, he'd lost a lot of weight as well. So they were testing him for things like thyroid 
and it those tests were fine um but it was yeah it's very difficult um and it was quite progressive towards the start and now it's kind of take each day as it comes and just appreciate when dad has a good day and kind of just accept it so i i struggle with my own mental health problems so for me with having anxiety it did trigger me but it's actually made me stronger and um i've decided that there's no point of course i'm going to worry about dad but i need to be strong for him like there's no point moping around and thinking oh well what can i do i need to actually help my dad and help him have a really good life that is my aim and yeah that's what i aim to continue to do really oh i think that sounds like such a um amazing heartfelt aim especially as you said the things that he's kind of been expressing are so different to what you would have known him to be so that in itself must be such a um, heartbreaking change to be able to deal with so to then come through that and then you know when you're saying your aim you know you want him to have a good life and that's just really really lovely of you and he's very lucky to have you as daughter thank you you said on um you know you take every day as it comes which sounds like a really sensible thing to be doing when your dad does have his good days what kind of things can you do together or what does he enjoy doing i mean it's still hard to do things with dad unfortunately um but when he's having a good day i'll take him to the seaside because that's one of his favorite places so he lives near South End and he just loves South End. But also it's great because it brings back childhood memories of when I used to go and visit dad and he'd take us to South End and we'd have fish and chips and an ice cream and we'd take the dog for a walk. And it's just nice because then I reminisce about the childhood and I say to dad, do you remember I hated rides? And they always used to stop the ride so I could get off. Because my dad's a bit of an <laughs> adrenaline junkie. So. Like, stop, stop. Yes. I so don't I do like say, it. <laughs> I do say to him, should we go on a roller coaster then, Dad? But he doesn't. <laughs> but we do enjoy fish and chips, having a walk and having an ice cream as well. But also it's nice when it's sunny to sit in the garden for a cup of tea or coffee. And or just take the dog for a walk. I do try to show dad photographs as well, the things that I've been doing, because I live two hours from dad, it's hard to get to see him as regularly as I'd like to. So I was going to see my dad two, at least twice a month to see how he's doing, to check up on him and to help with shopping, things like that. But you can have a good joke with him and, it's just nice to see his little face light up and smiling and having a bit of banter as you call it 
um and that's that's on a good day it's really nice does he have a whole repertoire of dad jokes he doesn't but he's kind of one of those dads that's um kind of says a lot of rude things <laughs> in a jokey way and it's just like oh dad and he's always been like that so it's nice to see that coming through still yeah no that's nice anything that can make you laugh <laughs> definitely so in terms of like how you've been coping with this and obviously you've been through so much the last few years how do you think that it has impacted you whether that's physically or emotionally because we know stress can have a major physical effect on our bodies as well so have you noticed things over the last couple of years that have affected you from learning about your dad's condition yeah I found it really hard um I'll admit that because I deal with my own anxiety and low moods so it has been a challenge. I was very exhausted as well, going up like twice a month and going to dad's appointments, making sure he had somewhere that someone there for support. But seeing my dad deteriorate so progressively. So as an example, he's uh last six months he's been quite bad. And then he'll have a good phase for, say, a month, couple of months, and then he'll go back downhill again and new symptoms will appear. It's It's been really difficult. And I have tried to stay strong. And I've been doing a lot of it on my own to start with, because I think my sister, unfortunately, um, struggled to come to terms with dad's dementia. And she found it hard to go and visit him. I think she's only just from the past few months realised it is what it is now. And we've all just got to get on and help dad. Um, but I have lost weight. I managed to put it back on again though, which is good. But it's hard because when you're doing that drive on your own. And I've been to dad and I hate leaving him really do really don't like leaving him especially especially as if he's had a really bad day and then I've got to drive two hours home I felt where I felt like I should be crying but I don't I don't know how I feel I just feel empty so sometimes I've been driving back and I just feel like well what am I feeling because nothing's coming out there's no tears there's no emotion I just don't know how I feel but then I when I get home I then just burst into tears and then I feel a bit better and I speak to my fiance and now I've decided that whenever I go to see my dad to take my fiance with me because I don't like driving on my own because if it has been difficult at least I've got someone there for support and it's just difficult because there isn't much I can do with my dad because he there isn't much he can do I mean he can still shower and wash and dress himself and go to the toilet but activities wise 
he just watches TV or takes the dog for a walk or does some gardening because he's at the point now where he can't cook and he used to love cooking so I when I go around I would help cook but I'm not very confident at cooking um and I'd clean as well when I go around because he's basically stopped cleaning um and there was a point where he'd stopped shaving and showering so he was starting to smell bless him and you know food there'd be food in the fridge that would be three months out of date that'd go moldy and I'd have to get a bin bag and chuck it all out the fridge but my dad would then be like kind of raising his voice at me to say what are you doing that's wasting it and I said dad you can't eat this it's moldy it will make you ill no no it's fine and I'd chuck it in the bin and take it outside and I'd go and sit in the lounge and I'd be like well where's dad gone so I went outside and he was there eating tramisu that I'd binned from the bin but eating it with his hands I just it just broke my heart that was really tough really broke my heart because he obviously didn't want to waste food but to see him that's not normal behavior to do something like that and with my anxiety it kind of things like that trigger it because I then get anxious he's going to be ill and it was just really difficult I mean he started putting dog poo in the bin in the kitchen without a bag so that had to be chucked out and um, it's just things that seem to it's like two steps forward and two steps back and you try to stay strong and I visit him as much as I can but sometimes there's just only so much you can do and for the last six months he's progressed quite rapidly that we've had to get a carer in that goes in two hours a day and it's actually my dad's ex-wife that actually goes in and helps him because they've remained friends even though the marriage broke up she's been absolutely amazing at helping my dad she'll go and get his food shopping because he struggles going into shops with big crowds and he doesn't he's really slow he doesn't know what he's doing and she'll cook him dinners and then leave him a sandwich for him to eat in the evening because he just he's he's not safe to cook anymore and he's we're concerned he's not going to cook food properly and she'll help clean but she'll get dad to help her clean as well so to make it a joint thing which is really good and yeah it's just really sad to see my dad deteriorate so much um my partner and I went to see my dad at Christmas we stayed over and my dad had obviously not cleaned the house for a few months so it was obvious he couldn't cope and it was then we decided we needed that extra help 
because he just he wasn't eating he wasn't drinking but what I tend to do which is quite a good tip is rather than ask dad if he wants something to drink I'll make him a drink and he'll drink it otherwise if you say, yeah otherwise if you say would you like a drink no I'm fine <laughs> yeah. so things like That's that a good idea yeah really mm. good idea and um so you mentioned that your dad's ex-wife's being like brilliant and obviously going in and helping out daily now and your partner he sounds like he's been a wonderful support for you yeah um which is great i'm really really pleased that you you have them in your life because obviously it's really important for you to look after yourself as well have there been any other people or services at all that you've used that have offered support or been useful for you so i did get in touch with social services and they came out and assessed dad but at the time dad didn't want any help he thought he was okay um, they were really useful and I stayed in touch with them but also because dad was in the police force there's something called red arc nurses and it's free consultations but I have a red arc nurse Caroline who phones me every month to check how I'm doing and to check how my dad's doing to offer me some advice of what to do to offer support as well she was the one that mentioned that actually we need to get a power of attorney sorted because um, my dad's, it's really difficult because my dad's at the stage where he, he can't make decisions for himself. So we have to make decisions for him, but we'll always still check with him. We'll always say, this is what we're doing, dad. Are you happy with that? And he understands we're just trying to help him. So the Red Darkness has been really helpful just as an outlet to help me. My other family and my friends have really been supportive as well. And my fiancé's dad is actually a mental health nurse. And my fiancé's mum's a is a retired mental health nurse. Oh, wow. So they're really good at offering advice and support and telling me to just have one conversation at a time with dad only talk about one thing one topic and that's been really useful my partner's dad actually assesses people with dementia so he was able to offer support about medication and that you know it needs to be reviewed quite a lot he needs to see gp weekly if he can or if not monthly so that the doctor gets an idea of how dad is and how he's progressing so my dad's medication has been increased to 10 milligrams and that has helped um the other support my mum's been brilliant so even though she's obviously not with my dad and my dad left when i was five she's still been amazing and she's even offered to go with me to visit dad as well my days off which is really nice of her um other support i'd say dementia uk alzheimer's society they're all really good places to look 
but also reading books. So as I mentioned earlier, Wendy Mitchell's Somebody I Used to Know book was really helpful for me to understand more about dementia. And she writes about her Alzheimer's. And she's, that's been amazing support for me because it's made me stronger. It's made me think you can't change a diagnosis, but you can start to change going forward and putting things into place. So she's one of the people that's kept me positive and kept me sane and realised that she does a lot still. So there's still lots we can do with dad. And they're still the human being still the same person and I think that's really helped me and yeah we want to do a big shout out to Wendy Mitchell that we really want to meet you so (laughs) if we could arrange an afternoon tea one day for the three of us that would be that would be so good um so maybe when we are able to go outside again Maybe Wendy would like to have an afternoon tea with us. That'd be lovely. I think she deserves a huge round of applause because she's just absolutely brilliant. Never known anybody like her. We are sending Wendy Mitchell virtual hugs right now. Yes, we are. (laughs) (laughs) And what advice would you give to anybody who might be in a similar position to yourself? So the advice I'd give, so there's quite a few bits of advice, but ones that I found are really important. The first tip is to look after yourself, because if you can't look after yourself, you're not going to be able to look after your loved one, your family member or friend with dementia. And that's really important. I myself know how important it is to look after myself so that I can help dad. The other advice would be to be patient. It can be very frustrating when you're asked the same questions over and over again. But if you just think, take a step back and a breather and just think, how would you feel if you're in their shoes? If you're not retaining that information, that's why they're forgetting. And it's not that they're not listening or hearing you it's just simply that they can't actually process what you've said they don't realize you've said anything so to be impatient is really good one as well the other bit of advice is to make sure you get as much support as possible so if you need to phone Alzheimer's Society, phone Dementia UK, and they will give you some advice. The Admiral Nurse is absolutely fantastic at giving advice, and they'll be able to help you in times of need. And I just think that's really important. Another bit of advice is to remain calm and to also think about the positives of the illness as well because at first I look at all the negatives of the illness but then actually there are some positives I've taken out of this and um, that is that me and my dad have never been that close 
because of my mum and dad's breakup. But one thing I can take from this is this has made me stronger and it's brought me and my dad closer than we've ever been before. And that to me is really important because there's times in my life where I haven't seen a lot of my dad through my own choice because I struggled with mental health and I struggled to come to terms with the divorce. But I think you realise, uh, it's made me realise you only have one chance at life and you only have one set of parents. I've only got one dad and I need to make the most of what I've got whilst he's here. And I know that sounds morbid, but the way I look at it is that I'm trying to make up for lost time in a way because with when you've got parents who've separated, you don't see them every day. And for me, it's just really important as well to take each day as it comes and to just remember that behind this dementia there is a human being still that maybe have been lost along the way but they're reaching out for your love and your support and they deep down they want to get better when you see that vacant look that they have when they look confused don't don't question it just give them a big hug and tell them everything's going to be okay just listen to them don't interrupt don't interrupt them because that will make them more frustrated just take your time and just go out on days out have cups of tea make dinner together laugh together because it's important that you keep going and keep strong Oh, Kirsty, I think that sounds like wonderful advice. Oh, I think that'd be so helpful for so many people. And I, I know people listening to this will find that really, really useful. Um, yeah, wonderful, wonderful advice. So lastly, just before we say goodbye um, to you today, how can people get in touch with you? So I am on Twitter, so you can follow me at Kirsty Inman and also you can direct message me on there. But I also have got a blog that I've written and that's called daughtersdementiajourney.home.home slash blog. So that's daughtersdementiajourney.home slash blog. So um, now I'm in lockdown, I have got the time on my hands to make sure I keep it updated. So the first post I did was in May 2019. So I thought, right, I, there's no excuses. I need to keep it up to date because that is my outlet to help other people, but also getting all my thoughts onto the screen and onto the paper is just so helpful and it's just helpful to get it out there so they're the main ways that you can contact me 
and as we know Twitter the lovely world of Twitter does help in bringing people together so much it really what well, brought us together it did I'm <laughs> um, so blessed oh me too oh it's so nice when you yeah you just meet people over Twitter and you feel like you've known them for such a long time um so yeah please do please do get in touch with Kirsty and I can say I have read Kirsty's latest blog and it is really really heartfelt and I know from reading it that it would definitely strike some chords in people that are living with similar experiences so I would really encourage everyone just to go and check it out um and that's it now Kirsty you'll be there you you have to write it thank you yeah I've got (laughs) some ideas and um yeah I just want to do a big shout out to say thank you so much for all the support you've given me as well because I think what you do is brilliant and you're a dementia advocate and I just think you know without somebody like you we wouldn't be able to reach out to all the people out there so thank you oh thank you no thank thank you thanks for being so open and honest in your story today I know that it's not easy to share such personal experience what you've been through and especially when it's been really painful for you so I can't thank you enough for you know being here today and sharing that with us thank you so much for listening to we care with Rebecca Fuller if you enjoyed the episode please can you rate review and subscribe and really help get the message out there to other carers that they are not alone you can also get in touch with me at info at rebeccafuller.co.uk or visit my blog at rebeccafuller.co.uk. Have a great week.